You may have heard of us, but you might not know Bank First is a community bank that has no fee ATM access, interest and perks earning checking accounts. With online and mobile banking, mortgages for every stage of life, and modern business banking for businesses, small and big. We keep it all together to put you first. Do you bank with us? You should. Bank First is an equal housing lender and a member of FDIC. Well, welcome to Sunday Coffee. I'm Bart Gregory along with Charlie Winfield. We're in the Farm Bureau Studios, roving Farm Bureau Studios. Charlie's back in the studios in Starville. I'm uh, down on the farm, and we're getting ready for football season. Three weeks from today, Charlie, we'll be breaking down Mississippi State and southeastern Louisiana. Man, it's hard to believe the summer is the summer is gone, Charlie. Summer, we're almost to fall. I can just feel it in the air in this 116-degree heat index. Yeah, almost out of here, huh? Any minute now. Hey, so that makes me think. You know, I tend to complain a lot about starting times of football games. Three o'clock is one of my favorite game times in October. September, I'm not quite as sure about. Beats 11. I think you'd give me that, right? Beats 11, but not as good as six. Am I fair there? Yeah, you're good. But right now with the humidity, the other night, I guess it was like Thursday night, I looked at my phone at like 945. And the heat index outside at 945 was 97. And so it didn't matter if the game was played at 3 a.m. This is going to be hot. But, hey, I'm not that guy. I know there's a lot of people out there, and I love you, that you're going to take the temperature of the, you know, you're going to take the temperature of your gauge, whether it's 16 degrees or whether it's 105. And, I, Charlie, let me tell you this. If you ever see me, posting that gauge on the book of face or any kind of social media you have my permission to do whatever you want to with your foot so you are opposed to people sharing the temperature in their neck of the woods as willard scott would have said back in the day that's exactly what i'm saying because the same people that are sharing it right now are the same people that were sharing it when it was 27 just be happy people you can't do anything about the weather you can't do anything about the rain. So just play it out. Just live your life. That's what we do. Well, see, here's the problem that I have with what you're saying is I may not can change the weather, but I can change the time that I choose to participate in the weather. For example, if I want to exercise, I don't have to do it at noon. I could get up early. I could go late. And that's how we should be doing with football games. We should get up early. Eh, and I'm never for that. So we should go late. But alas, we live in a world where we have sold our athletic souls to ESPN and its family of networks. And so we will be at 3 p.m. hot, warm, toasty. Uh, but, hey, well, you know, whatever. I did see, Bart, you were talking about the heat. You know, high school football getting started somewhat around the state of Mississippi. There were some what they called week zero games this week. And, boy, a lot of cramps, a lot of cramps, because uh, it's, it's just warm, and maybe that's why you don't play week zero, you wait to week one or two. But such as it is, the game is coming. It will be played, and um, we'll be sitting here. Hey, by the way, tomorrow, Monday, basketball, college basketball season will begin in 12 weeks. 
So if you like countdowns, Bart, you can give us your favorite number 84, 84 days away from, I don't know any 84s in basketball. You know, it used to be that you couldn't go over 55 as a number. Um, but now you can wear more, start in the pros now in college. An increasing number, by the way, Bart, of zeros in football. Are you a zero or a double zero guy or neither? I'm a double zero because didn't Robert Parrish wear a double zero for the Celtics back in his heyday? Yeah, he certainly did. The Chief. The Chief from Centenary. Hey, we're in the Farm Bureau studios. Farm Bureau, go with the home team at Farm Bureau. Check them out at favorites.com. They have agents all across the state of Mississippi. Farm Bureau, Home Life uh, home life Auto, whatever you're in the market for, go see our friends at Farm Bureau. Bureau. You mentioned basketball, Charlie, and basketball right around the corner. I had a chance the other day and it just peeked in. Uh, wouldn't really, wouldn't probably wasn't supposed to. Hey, the hump is going to be pretty cool. You're going to have the club level on the west side. The three middle sections going to feed into the club level. The hump has a chance to be rocking this year. It's uh, it's going to be a little. It's going to be a little bit more open in there. It's going to be pretty cool. I'm looking forward to it. Can you assure our good listeners that the hump will be ready for play? Oh man, hey, I I, I have all confidence in any construction project. Anytime a contractor is involved, I have the utmost confidence that it will be finished on budget and on time. Anytime the construction takes place. All right. So we should probably just leave that one where it sits. All right, Bart, we've got basketball coming up down the road. Football though is right on top of us. It's just about time to be done with silly polls with silly all conference rankings that don't acknowledge people like Jet Johnson with All-American rankings or even all-conference rankings that don't appreciate the job that Tulu Griffin did in the return game. He's been a game-changer. All that is just about gone. Now we're about to the time of earning it. Here is one of my questions for you as we kind of look at this season. What scares you the most about our team? What is the thing that if we were to say there is an Achilles heel, Achilles heel, rather, what uh, what scares you the most? Well, I know that you're probably going to say something about the defense and the secondary. I'm going to say the offensive line, and we talked about this a little bit last week. It's just a different different thing you're asking your line to do. And if Will Rogers doesn't have time to throw, foot, throw the football, if you're – Running backs don't have room to, to run the football, then, hey, you're going to have a difficult time. And so I just think from the offensive line standpoint, that's the thing that really stands out to me. I know you're going to say something about the defensive secondary, aren't you? I am. I'm really concerned, maybe too strong a word, but anxious, perhaps a better word. Um, you feel good about where you are with DKM at one corner. Um, but then on the other side, you've got Furge, Nicholson, Kamari Rogers, those three guys kind of battling it out. But what really jumps out at me is safety. And, you know, you're, you've you got to be glad Sean Preston's back for another year. Marcus Banks back there. But when you start talking about that other safety spot, you're looking at Jordan Morant, Corey Ellington, Trent Singleton. You know, you're starting to use some names that you you haven't used that much, right? And so, for me, I think that's one of the big issues for me is 
what's going to happen at that safety position? Yeah, because the thing you've had out of safeties over the last couple of years, and you know, even with the transfer from Texas last year, you got guys who could tackle. And so at the end of the day, what Zach Arnett has been able to do in the three years of his defense is we've been able to tackle, especially with our safeties. And so that's, that is a concern, not just in coverage. I mean, in, in coverage is big. I mean, you don't need guys wide open across the middle at all, but can they come up and make tackles? And, you know, the thing about safety is missing tackles, and you and I talk about this all the time, and usually on our Sunday coffees in the summer I mean, and in the fall, we're talking about, you know, big plays and missed tackles and how those factor in. Because if you miss a tackle in the secondary, a 15-yard game becomes 35 or 75. And so, to me, the coverage and then the tackling ability in the secondary, especially at that safety spot, I agree with you there. Yeah, so that's the thing, I guess, that uh, that I'm going to be most anxious about. And I don't know that we'll get a good read on it in week one, but that read will certainly come. The good news is you've got some guys back there. You've got Isaac Smith, the freshman you feel really good about, uh, who it just feels like the more and more you hear, he's going to get a lot of playing time this year. So you feel good at least maybe that you're helping start the process and getting some guys back there to grow up. Offensive line, your view, I can see that. We talked about it last week, the change that you have to make from one style to another. Uh, but at least we've got some guys, maybe they haven't been doing this a while, but they've at least been been around. They've been in the program, such as it is. I guess, Bart, let me ask you this. Um, you're around. Um, we've had a chance to be around Zach Arnett. What jumps out at you? as being different now than the way it used to be. And, I, and I'm not talking so much about, look, there's the obvious. Well, we're not running the air raid anymore. We're, we're, we're going to have tight ends. We're going to do some of those things. But wh- what differences do you feel just as you're around? Well, I mean, it's, it's a little bit more no-nonsense. It's a little old school, to be honest with you. It's, it's hard to believe that the youngest coach in the SEC – maybe one of the most old-school coaches uh, around. Hey, and going back to the offensive line and what you said about safety a minute ago, real quick before I jump into Zach Arnett, the thing about having Dollar Bill and Percy Lewis on that left side, Leon Bell, the junior college transfer coming in, you've got Nick Jones, Grant Jackson at left guard, Cole Smith at center, LaSoya, LaHue, and then you know Cam Jones, Albert Reese. You've got guys that have had game experience in, on the first team and the second team. And so that's the positive. But also you have Cole Smith, you have LaSoya, you have Dollar Bill. I mean, you've got guys that have played different positions, Cam Jones. And so if you have injuries, and you're going to have injuries sometime during the year, I'm knock on wood, they're not bad. Same way at safety. If you have injuries, you've got guys right behind them that you can play through those injuries. Now, you can't take a lot of them. But that's, that's the good thing is you have some depth and you have some guys that, that have played the offensive line. And like you said, going back to, to Zach Arnett just a moment ago, I mean, I think Zach is very old school. He has a line, He was a linebacker in college. Uh, he was a catcher in baseball. He, he's a guy that has that linebacker mentality around his program. And so I think one of the things, and correct me if I'm wrong, I may be wrong, he doesn't strike me as the type of guy that's going to have a bunch of people on the sideline at football games. I mean, he's going to be the type of guy that that uh, is very old school. No, Zach Arnett is the kind of guy 
who I think when he looks around the room, basically says, do you have a purpose here right now? And if you don't, then uh, move along. <laughs> I don't think, you know, you see some people that kind of have an entourage and hangers on. Um, the other thing I would say is you, you hit this, man. I get a 1970-type feel around Zach Hart. I mean, he strikes me as a guy who could have coached with Switzer, you know, with all those guys. And I don't mean in terms of the nefarious Switzer-type things, but what I'm talking about is the – Arnett would have been just fine on the old coaching staffs, the Jimmy Johnsons, the world where you didn't get water. You know, it just – he is uh, – I really like him because I think he mixes – an intelligence and an understanding of the way things have to be done also with an understanding that this is a very physical game and you got to be tough. And I think very organized, he's got a good group around him. And so I'm excited. I just kind of want to see what it's going to be like as he kind of makes this team his. And I know sometimes you see people wanting to do things because we used to do them, but I think for Zach Arnett's success and for this team's success, it's got to be done his way. It's got to look everything like his own program. And that's what I'm excited to see. I'm also excited to see who's got the job of holding him back. I I would not want that job. That'll be interesting to see. I'm interested to see how he's going to act at halftime. You know, what's he going to say to the TV reporter going into half? That will be interesting to me is, What's his demeanor when he's down seven points and just gave up a touchdown? I, I can tell you this right now. I think he's going to be very similar to Dan. If he's down, he's going to be very quick. And uh, now he's not going to be the you know, he's not going to play the part of of Dan looking at Carrero and asking him, "Well, what do you think?" <laughs> and putting Carrero on spot. Yeah, I had to be careful when you said he's going to be like Dan. Um, <laughs> I wasn't sure where you were going with that. I don't think he will be a disrespectful kind of guy at all, but I do think it'll be very short to the point and not a lot of small talk. No, not at all. I think it'll be very businesslike on the sideline. I mean, I do think that he will, um, he'll be, you know, pretty emphatic down there with what he wants to do. But um, this guy's a professional. I mean, I really, he's beyond his years. Now, we say all that to say this. I mean, yeah, he is a old school type of coach, but. All the players that I talk to just love playing for the guy. It's kind of like Chris Jans, you know. It's amazing when you see the guys just just get into players, old school wise, but also knows when to not be a players the quote unquote players coach, but also can relate to an eighteen to twenty two year old. And to me, that's one of the big things about coaching in college sports is being able to get your point across, but also making them understand the point. Because, hey, it is different now. It's not the same coaching right now as it was in the 1970s. I mean, you do have to uh, to treat guys a little bit different now. And he's a guy that's kind of figured that out because, every, like I said, every player you talk to, even the offensive guys that he pokes fun of every day because he's a defensive guy, it all. It seems like there's a lot of respect. It seems like this is a good camaraderie. Has a this team has a very good camaraderie right now. Am I wrong for saying that? Because it just feels like offense, defense. They're kind of all pulling in the same direction. No, I think that's exactly right. I think, um, and, and I think you're right. You do have to coach differently. And I was interested in what you just said about Chris Jans 
and kind of comparing that to Zach Arnett, because I told somebody not too long ago that I think Arnett is a Jans 15 years younger in the sense that he has this ability to push and to push, uh, ride a little bit, but then know when to get off. He, um, you know, it's been really interesting talking to basketball players, and you kind of hear this, whoo, boy, I need a few days away from him. I really like that guy. It's it's fascinating to watch people in today's world who figure out how to plug in to athletes, and I would suggest that those two guys are very, very similar in their ability to do that. Hopefully, though, we can complete more passes than we made three-pointers last year. Oh, yeah, without without doubt. And Okay, so we had the first scrimmage last night over on the practice fields. It was a close scrimmage. A lot of people not supposed to be there. It was a very slim crowd there. Here's my take on scrimmages, right? If the offense is ahead of the defense right now, if the offense goes out there and motors up and down the field and pumps up points in the first scrimmage of the year, then to me, and I may be wrong on saying this, Charlie, to me that causes a lot of concern because the only time I can remember that the offense was so far ahead of the defense, the big thing on the message board was, is why is Peter Sermon's family not moving here? <laughs> Am I wrong for saying that? Well, to use your measure then, we should have been great when Sylvester Croom was here and we were finishing scrimmages uh, with no points scored. So you got to see a little of both, right? you gotta got to have some hope on offense. Yeah, I think I mean you're gonna to have to have some hope on offense, but right now after the first scrimmage, the defense is definitely gonna be ahead of the offenses, and so but so even when you get these practice reports and you say, man, the the offense wasn't didn't have the ability to get things going on, this is not the time to panic. I know we got three weeks to go, and you feel like you're in the final month, the short rows, but uh, don't panic at all right now because your offense is not on par with what should be a pretty good defense. Reminds me of uh, Phil Sims was telling the story. He was playing for the New York Giants, coach, coached, of course, by Bill Parcells at the time, and they were in a preseason game. It was one of the first games, and he said Parcells had this kind of knack now and then where he just decided he wanted to fuss at somebody, and he kind of put them in a position to have a bad day. And so he said they're about four plays into this exhibition game, and Sims calls timeout and goes to the sidelines and looks at Parcells and was like, are you just trying to make this fail? I mean, what are we doing these play calls here? I mean, is this the day you're just going to make us not be any good? And he said Parcells just kind of smiled, said shut up and go run the play. You know, the, the idea being that not every day for a head coach is is designed to be perfect. Some days you put your offense and your defense in positions where it's going to be challenging. So, I mean, you can do that personnel-wise. You can do it play-calling-wise. You can do it a lot of ways. So, I place very, very little into how scrimmages are going. So, we'll see. It's kind of like fall baseball. Hey, the good news is we're hitting the ball. The bad news is we're giving up a lot of hits. So, I just like to see a little balance, and I get the sense that that's what we're seeing. Hey, you know who has a lot of balance? And that's our good friends at Cannon Ford. They can sell a car. They can sell a new car, a used car. If you get it deaned up in the body shop, they, they, they can get it done too. If you need a spray and bed liner, the service center, need a, new brake pads, need your tires rotated, 
they can handle it all at Cannon Ford of Starville on Highway 182 East. Go by and see Chris Keene and the, the fine folks at uh, Cannon Ford of Starville. They'll get you in a new navigator. They'll get you in a new expedition. They'll take care of you there at Cannon Ford of Starville. All right, running back-wise, of course, we lost you know Dylan Johnson, uh, went out to Washington, transferred, and now you've got you know, Jaquavius Marks, Woody Marks, Simeon Price, lead the transfer from Penn State, Jeffrey Pittman, Seth Davis. You've got a stable of running backs that all bring something a little bit different, a t- different style of this team. Who's the running back you're looking forward to seeing the most? Is it Jaquavius Marks because he's a guy that's kind of shifty, gets up in the hole a little bit? Is it Lee? Is it the, the downhill type of runner and Lee or Simeon Price? What are you looking forward to seeing? I'm just looking forward to Woody Marks being a running back. I think the guy is very talented. I think because of what he's been asked to do over the years, he's been good. He has done what he has been asked to. But I think he's going to get to be a running back this year. And I'm I'm actually really excited to see him get to run the football. And I will be disappointed if he doesn't have 100 yards rushing in the first game. And, in fact, I'm going to go ahead and make the prediction. Woody Marks over 100 game one. Hey, I'll take that. We didn't see many 100-yard rushers in the last few years. Now, we've seen a couple in some games. Looking forward to seeing it. Okay, as far as wide receivers, do you think inside receivers, tight ends, outside receivers, what position group are you looking forward to seeing the most? I'm looking forward to seeing the tight ends, see what we can do there, uh, mostly just because of the novelty of it. We haven't seen it in a while, and I was always a big tight end guy. I like big receivers. That's the one thing that I thought we could have really benefited more from here the past couple of years is the use of a, a bigger body in the middle of the field. And so I'm I'm excited to see what we can do at that spot. Of course, I'm also excited to see what we can do with guys who are receivers but not necessarily running the football. What are you going to do to get the ball to Tulu? What are you going to do to get the ball to Xavion Thomas? Those guys are playmakers. How are you going to get on the ball? How are you going to get them in space? That's what I'm interested to see. Man, it's just hard to believe that football is three weeks away. And so now everybody, like you said, when we open the show, everybody's kind of getting in tune to preseason football right now. You saw where the Saints played earlier today and one down there. Of course, if you want to take a grain of, you know, anything with a grain of salt in sports, it's preseason NFL football. But just seeing NFL football kind of make, gives you a little bit of a, a kickstart going into the season. And so now you got the the difference of the talk this year is going to be the movement of of you know the Pac-12 and the movement of teams you know leaving the Pac-12 and going to the Big 12 and then of course the the Big 10 and so that's one of the things we didn't talk about a whole lot last week Charlie is about hey one of the great things about where we are <laughs> the stability of the SEC right now the stability of the Big 10 right now to me, hey, and the Big 12 has made its play into being a stable league right now. College sports is ever-evolving, but, um, hey, we're lucky. Right now, we, you know, we're a, one of the founding members of the SEC, and we're in a pretty good position right now. Well, you'd like to think so, but, man, all this movement, I don't know. So let's say this. Say you're a kid from L.A., you commit to USC. Say you're a kid from Washington, you commit to the University of and you think, hey, I'm going to stay home so my parents can see me play. Well, now I've got to get on an airplane and go all the way across the country to play a conference game. 
I mean, what, what's going to happen? What, it's um, an incredible burden on the students. And I just wonder, too, if we are reaching the point where conferences are going to be about football and basketball and little else. You know, we have, we've seen that before, by the way. You know, we've seen conferences become stronger, at least some of them, over the years. But, you know, there are some schools who would be in one conference for one sport or maybe the conference only applied to a couple of sports. Um, I just wonder, what are you doing for golf? What are you doing for track? What are you doing for tennis and volleyball and these kind of things where to play a conference game? It's Look, getting from here to Fayetteville is bad enough, but trying to go from Washington State to play Rutgers, you know, that's just a – it's a heck of a burden, and I don't know that it it has the best interest of administrators and finances in mind. I'm not sure it has the best interest of the athletes in mind. So we'll see. Hey, Bart, one quick thing. You made a note about the NFL a minute ago, and it got me to thinking. I was reading an article this past week. I actually heard a reference to this, and I went and looked it up. There's a guy named Joe Thomas going in the Hall of Fame, from played for the Cleveland Browns. His career record, he's an offensive lineman, the career record of teams he played on was 48 and 128. In his over 10 seasons, he never was 1-0. They never won the first game. He spent 20 weeks above 500 in his entire career, and 10 of those came in the first season. Here's the losing streaks he had, 0-4, and 0-5, 0-14, and 0-16. Six of his 11 years, they started 0-3 or worse. So that is Joe Thomas, a really good, in fact, a Hall of Fame player in an abysmal set of years for the Cleveland Browns. I got to thinking, what if we were to apply that same kind of thought to Mississippi State. You know, we, we're spoiled now. We've been on a run with bowl games. You've got to go back in time. Who's your pick? And this may be one that we've got to think about, but I'm just going to throw this out there as something to think about down the road. Your pick for the best players at Mississippi State on the worst teams. Jerry's Norwood. That's the easiest one right now. The last two years of Coach Cheryl, the first two years of Coach Kroom. And I'll tell you, the whole, I'll tell you what, listen – I, that's off the top of my head. All right, here's what I've heard from a lot of, of guys that are you know more seasoned than us, Charlie. Not the old timers, the the more seasoned people. Is they used to talk about D. D. Lewis. You know, D. D. Lewis was a linebacker here. His name's on the stadium right now on the facade. He was an All SEC All American linebacker, and he played here in '65, '63, maybe to '65. No, '65 to '67. And so let's just look real quick. 1965, Mississippi State football went four and six. We won our first four games that year and then lost our last six. And so that's uh, 1965. In 1966, we went two and eight. We uh, lost our last six games in 1966 and went two and eight. And then in 1967, we went one and nine. We lost our last seven games that year. And so, yeah, I would say D.D. D. Lewis, who was a great player on those teams, one and one and nine his junior year or senior year, 
that the year before that he was two and eight. The year before that he was four and six. Yeah, I'd say D.D. Lewis. All right, I'm going to have to do some thinking on this. I've got some guys that come to mind. Um, you may not remember this guy, late 80s, Jesse Anderson from West Point. He played tight end. We tried to make him a running back, but he played in some really bad years, 87 to 89. Actually, I think was taken in the top 100 of the draft uh, by the NFL, but we couldn't decide where, where we wanted to play him. We made him a tight end, made him a running back, did some things with him, but – so I just wanted to footnote that for you as something to think about for future shows. You know, we did our baseball show. We did the draft of former players who would be our best team of players who never made it to the majors. I'd almost like one day when we have time to kill, and we'll have to get feedback on this, but best players at Mississippi State who never played in a bowl game. And I tell you this too, Charlie. Sometimes, hey, we, what we did in baseball is we kind of went down through you know our all-time great list, and you had uh, had great stories about you know some of our old teams. And I guess one of the things we could do, country please. I talked to Henry Cooper one time at, at Country Pleasing, and he was talking about how much he loved to listen to to us talk about old teams and old players. And I've got D.D. Lewis picked up, uh, pulled up right now, which is amazing when you really look at his career. He was drafted in the sixth round of the 1968 draft. He was inducted into the College Football Hall of Fame. Played 14 years in the NFL, all for the Dallas Cowboys. He won two NFL championships. He was a first-team All-American his senior year at Mississippi State, and his teams went 7-23. and He was twice first-team All-SEC. Um, anyway, he, he just had a great college career. And then he had a great pro career. He's the guy who famously said that Texas Stadium, remember old Texas Stadium where the Cowboys played, it had that hole on the top of it. D.D. Lewis is the one that said Texas Stadium has a hole in its roof so guy can watch his favorite team play. And so, um, man, yeah, D.D. Lewis, he was originally from Knoxville, Tennessee, played at State from 1965 to 1967, and uh, one of the all-time greats. I, th- I think D.D. Uh, D. Lewis still lives out in Texas. Uh, what about Jackie Parker? That'd be going way back. I'd have to do some research there. But, you know, All-American quarterback. He's in the College Football Hall of Fame for Mississippi State. So, I don't know. I, that's just going to require a little research. But just uh, something to flag for you as we go forward. He, like D.D. Lewis, was a native of Knoxville, Tennessee. All right. I didn't know that. See, I've learned something today. I knew he was uh, a very good player in the Canadian Football League. That'll take some time, too. Greatest Mississippi State careers in the CFL. We'll have to leave that one for another day. Well, it has to be Jackie Parker. He won the Great Cup in 1954. I'm just a plethora of knowledge right now. You and Elsie did, Bart. He went to Jones County Junior College. It's now Jones College. It was Jones County Junior College. It was JCJC. And uh, then it became Jones College. And so Jones Community College, now Jones College down in Ellisville. And so that's, uh, hey, that look at back at Bulldog History brought to you by our friends at Country Pleasing Sausage. I just made up this little segment right here, Charlie. Country Pleasing doesn't get any better than what they make down in Florence, Mississippi, at Country Meat Packers. They've got that huge butcher shop now. they got the dry age. They've got all kind of jerky. I mean, just whatever you want. Of course, Go ahead and start planning your tailgate. Three weeks from yesterday is the first time you get to fire up the grill 
I guess they have open flame. Can you have an open flame on campus? May not can, but if you get if you grill on campus, go buy Country Meat Packers. They've got it all right there for you in the butcher shop. Country pleasing sauces, and also during the fall on Friday, we'll have our Tracks Plus deep dig. Tracks Plus now with uh, five locations, just added the location in Hattiesburg, and so Tracks Plus it all started in Hickory, Mississippi. Barco, Denny Seamoth Mulching Heads for the Foresters, Saney Excavators and Mini Excavators. You've got the Massey Ferguson Tractors and Implements. Of course, they're in the Startwall area as well. Daniel Bounds, they do a great job. Fred Fulton. Uh, Chris Weems just built a monster down there. And so our good friends at Tracks Plus, go to TracksPlus.com for all your new or used forestry equipment. All right, Bart, the folks at Tracks Plus, the folks at Country Pleasing, Chris Weems, Henry Cooper, all those guys. Those are good people. Those are good people. You know who's not good people, Bart? The people who are not good people are the people, and I'm going to go on a little rant here, the kind of people who get your out-of-office note that basically they call, you know, they find out you're out of the office, you're gone, you're out of town, you're on vacation, and then send you the message anyway that says, hey, I know you're on vacation, but call me when you get back Monday. I've got something for you, but it can wait. Those are happiness destroyers, Bart. And I've got a few on my list. And I don't rank them as highly right now as I do the good folks at Country Pleasing and Tracks Plus. You know, and right now I'm trying to think back to how many times I texted you last week and says, hey, I know you're on vacation, but uh, hey, we need to do something Monday. <laughs> if the shoe fits. No, man. No, man. In all seriousness. The one thing that has happened to us as a society is now you can work from anywhere. And that's the great thing about being gone is you can still work, you can still stay in contact, you can still do things. The bad thing is now everybody knows it. It's not like the old days when you just got a little pink thing, somebody called when you were gone. Now you're accessible. So I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, Bart, I know you're running for office. I'm going to propose that as part of your platform for circuit clerk, you instill a rule that we only text between the hours of 8 and, I don't want to be unreasonable, say 8.30 unless there's a game going on, and we only email between 8 and 5. That's the promise I want from my next circuit clerk. Hey, we made the runoff. We made it to the next step. Survive and advance, and we have advanced. We've got two and a half more weeks and got another big election. Well, there you go. So the good folks down at Winston County, if you're at Lake Teocata, spread the word. Maybe we'll meet up at Lake Teocata here again pretty soon and record another episode. Get get out of this. I guess we'd still be roving. We'll be roving in the same place here pretty soon. I ate there for lunch today. Had the strawberry pie after it was over. Charlie, enjoyed it as always. I hope you had a great vacation, and I hope you look forward to opening all those emails and text messages tomorrow morning. Indeed I do. Well, appreciate you guys hanging out with us. Once again, thanks to our good friends at Farm Bureau. Farm Bureau, go with the home team at Farm Bureau. We're in the Farm Bureau studios. Of course, Sunday Coffee is brought to you by our friends at Strange Brew Coffee House. Strange Brew. Go to strangebrewcoffeehouse.com, and they'll ship you that great coffee. They'll send you the mugs. 
of course, in Starkville on Highway 12 and Spring Street. They're in Tuscaloosa right now. They're also up in Tupelo. It's Brupolo. But they're the original gourmet coffee of Starkville. Strange Brew Coffee House. It doesn't get any better than Shane and the gang. And Shane put out some good social media about me this past week, and I really appreciate that. Of course, I've known the Reed family for a long, long time. Great folks, and of course, strangebrewcoffeehouse.com, and they'll ship you all that great coffee. So, our friends at Cannon Ford of Starville, Trax Plus, go to traxplus.com. Also, Country Pleasing Sausage, go to countrypleasing.com, they'll ship you that great sausage wherever you are. And then our friends at Bank First, go to bankfirstfs.com for all your lending needs. So, for Charlie Winfield, I'm Bar Gregory. Hey, appreciate you guys hanging out with us here on an afternoon, evening version of Sunday Coffee.